we know you follow the leader and have probably subscribed, but did you know the Evening Standard also does news bulletins every morning through your smart speaker? Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. There's a new one at 7am to set you up for the day. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Budgets in the time of coronavirus. You've got supermarket shelves that are empty when you've got panic buying of one sort or another. All these kinds of things are the kinds of things that are incredibly disruptive, perhaps more commonly associated with wartime rather than peacetime. Economist Stephen King on why Rishi Sunak is a wartime chancellor and what must be in his little red box. And When she was in that school in Dagnum, it was such a great impact and I think was very good for the the monarchy and the country in general. And in a way, we're, it all seems to have been rushed, this this exit or megxit as it's been now known. The Evening Standard's royal editor Robert Jobson as Harry and Meghan make their final appearance as senior members of the monarchy. Taken from the Evening Standard editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, advice for the new Chancellor facing a unique challenge. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. These are not ordinary times. There's an amusement arcade near York offering toilet roll as a prize and a grabber machine. I'll jump to this. <laughs> it will be driving 68 miles and spending 50 quid to win that. This is a time of panic buying, stockpiling, people self-isolating in houses, businesses failing, stock markets collapsing, a virus spreading, a health service stretching. People are dying. And this is the time a Chancellor, not even in the job a month, has to set the country up with a budget that will get us through all of this and more. Our editorial column says whatever Rishi Sunak may once have had planned for this moment, that's gone. Events, dear boy, events, are the things that humble the best laid plans of governments. That's what Harold Macmillan reputedly warned. Rishi Sunak knows this budget is the coronavirus budget. Everything else he wants to do is irrelevant for now. 
First, he should reiterate the emergency cash support for the NHS and other key services that are about to face immediate and unprecedented strain. Second, he should get money into the pockets of people who cannot do their job because they are at home, either sick or self-isolating. Third, the Treasury should provide immediate assistance to businesses who have to close to avoid contamination or whose customers disappear overnight. Finally, the Chancellor and Bank Governor need to keep an eye on the banks who have lent money to these businesses. They must ensure they continue to do so by restarting the funding for lending scheme. Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak are, like the rest of us, at the mercy of Macmillan's events. They should respond with another former Prime Minister's motto and promise, as Winston Churchill did, action this day. The economist Stephen King's written for the Evening Standard on the challenges being faced by Rishi Sunak and potential solutions. He joins me from his home now. And Stephen, a stock market collapse a couple of days before your budget is not really what a brand new Chancellor needs, is it? Well, a stock market collapse is never something that the finance minister uh, wants to see. Um, but it's, I think, a peculiar kind of uh, collapse today because it's come on the back of the Saudi Arabians are basically saying they're going to pump more oil out, the oil price is going to come down. Uh, this has hit the oil companies themselves pretty hard. And in normal circumstances, if you're an economist, you'd argue that lower oil prices for the Western world actually are quite a good thing. Um, it's like having a tax cut. People have higher incomes, and uh, with those higher incomes, they can spend more and they'd be sort of happier as a result, and demand picks up in the economy. But of course, if it turns out that people aren't going out anyway because of COVID-19... Uh, then the increase in expenditure associated with a normal tax cut doesn't happen. And the positive impact on the economy that you'd normally hope to see simply doesn't materialise. So if people decide to, for example, spend their uh, tax cut or oil price windfall gain on hand sanitizer and can't get hold of any, then nothing really happens. Yeah, I guess Netflix might do well out of all this eventually in the end, but it's not a, a good sign for the Chancellor. Are all the, the fiscal rules now out of the window? Well, fiscal rules are normally there during the good times, or at least the kind of stable times, to try to constrain the government from doing things that might otherwise be regarded as a bit crazy. Um, but in current circumstances, there is a very strong case for allowing government debt um, to rise. Not so much because you want to do sort of lots of infrastructure projects or because you want to cut taxes and boost people's spending power, but rather because in current circumstances with COVID-19, the big danger that we have in the UK and indeed elsewhere in the world is the possibility of companies simply not being able to survive um, the next few months, that if their revenues collapse as a result of a collapse in demand um, or a significant reduction in spending associated um, with the constraints designed to limit the spread of the virus, then in those circumstances, revenues fall away, um, profits fall, possibly turn into losses. Um, and the danger is, frankly, that companies just go bust. Governments, um, in current circumstances, have tremendous access to raising funds, bond yields, guilt yields are incredibly low. The cost of borrowing for governments is very, very low. And, and therefore, there's plenty of room out there for governments to, uh, this government, in fact, to borrow more. Uh, try to support British business. Is that what you mean by, in your column, when you write that Rishi Sunak should really see himself as a war chancellor then, to think of his budget in those terms? Yes, I mean, I, I don't want to sort of suggest we're in wartime, but, but nevertheless, we are in a very peculiar situation where 
um, that the behaviour of people in the economy is different from what you'd normally expect. I mean, after all, when you've got supermarket shelves that are empty, when you've got uh, panic buying of one sort or another, uh, when you've got the possibility that companies simply cannot make um, the money that they would normally make when meetings are cancelled, when things are delayed, all these kinds of things, are the kinds of things that are incredibly disruptive, um, perhaps more commonly associated with wartime rather than peacetime. Uh, but also because uh, during wartime, the Treasury is normally much more relaxed about how much it's willing um, to borrow. Uh, so if you look at uh, you know, the Napoleonic Wars, you look at the, the Great War, the Second World War, uh, government debt as a share of the economy typically rises an awful long way, much, much further than you'd normally expect. Is there an equivalent of a, a war bond in a viral time, Stephen? <laughs> well, there might be a virus bond, but I can't imagine it catching on. <laughs> but the, the, the truth is that uh, you don't really have to issue these kinds of specialist bonds. You merely have to issue uh, more gilts, which is the sort of thing that the government normally issues anyway. And you have to explain to people, this is why we're doing it. This is why it makes sense. And this is something that actually will safeguard uh, lots of jobs that otherwise might disappear. So it's effectively a win-win for everybody in these unusual and very difficult circumstances. Next. I personally think that this would leave Harry isolated, um, away from his friends, his family, and all the things that he loves. Apart from, of course, his wife and baby that he loves dearly. Robert Jobson on the parting of Harry and Meghan from the Royals. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. That's it. It's over. Harry and Meghan are royals no more. They bowed out with the Queen in attendance with a final official appearance at Westminster Abbey for the Commonwealth Service. They officially hold the HRH titles until the end of March, but they've already stopped using them anyway. A new era has begun. Our royal editor, Robert Jobson, has been following this story and had his own one for longer than that. Robert, they got what they wanted, but is this a bittersweet moment for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex? Yeah, I think bittersweet would um, sum it up. There's obviously been issues that were going on through December and January, which were having to be dealt with by, at the very senior level, between the Queen, uh, uh, Harry, Charles and William. And it must have caused some tension and disquiet amongst them all. But, you know, they're just fairly pragmatic with issues to do with the family and would probably just wanted this to go away now. Um, What strikes me, though, is over the last few days... um, whilst they've been coming back in this transition period, is what a bit of a waste it all is, because I think they've shown that they have 
something extra that they can give to the, the country. And clearly, from the emotional state that Harry appears to be in every time he talks about serving Queen and country, it seems that he, I'm sure he's not completely 100% sure that he's doing the right thing. There's a sense that, that he may be getting this wrong, and it is to suit um, his wife Meghan, because that's the area that she wants to live. But... You know, it's something that um, his links with the military in particular is something that he has um, been very close to all his life. Is there a door or is there a possibility of coming back then? Or... I, I think there is a, uh, there is a door that's been left slightly ajar, hence the title's not been taken away from them, that they just can't use them for commercial and other um, uses. The problem here is that, of course, they're now going off and making a very commercial... Venture, they're going to be making lots of money, and how long that goes on for, I, I really don't know. Because you know, in Hollywood, you're or the West Coast or America, your light shines only a certain amount of time, um, and uh, I'm sure they'll be making money in that time. But what I struck me was that the usefulness that whilst they were here, when she was in that school in Dagnum, it was such a great impact, and I think it was very good for the the monarchy and the country in general. And in a way, we're, it all seems to have been rushed, this this exit or megxit as it's been now known. Um, and to me, I think things could have been worked out more satisfactorily. And I know that the Queen has to sort of rule in favour of the way she's done in terms of, you know, you're either in or you're out. But we do seem to be missing out a little bit on the star quality of this couple, and that's a shame. Given, you know, where the country is at the moment, we, we could do with all the, the help we could get post-Brexit. Robert, I swear you once told me you'd never use the word Megxit, but there we go, even you. Even I know, you. and after all the times we've been speaking about Brexit, I think it was inevitable, <laughs> but I think it's a name that the Queen or a brand the Queen wasn't particularly keen on, but, you know, it seems to be branded about so much... To me, I hope it, we, we, it, we'll be looking for them to come back maybe in 18 months' time uh, when they've had a chance to reflect. Um, I, I can't see, you know, having covered this story for 30 years or so, that Harry will be particularly happy about leaving his um, associations with the military and also serving the royal family in the way that he has done with distinction all his life. And it's a shame, really, after all the investment and time that was spent with Meghan, that she's... <laughs> sort of, in a way, jump ship a bit early. I think that there may be a little bit of a break after the baby and then a little bit more time to reflect on where they were going would have helped. And maybe they could have come to a, a different um, conclusion. I, I personally think that this would leave Harry isolated, um, away from his friends, his family, and all the things that he loves. Apart from, of course, his wife and baby that he loves dearly. But it will leave him very isolated. Have all the difficulties been sorted out now? Is is it, is it plain sailing for them from now on? I don't think so. I think that um, the, the difficulties were between the family, and I think, of course, the Queen is, as I say, very pragmatic and will just come to... She'll just want to find a solution that, that, that is best for the monarchy and then move on, and that's exactly what she has done. But I think that they've got to find out what their new roles are, what it entails, what, how they can generate the money that they require and also um, carry on as uh, global charity charitable entrepreneurs, which is not an easy thing to do. And also their association with the royal family is hugely important when it comes to their 
celebrity. Um, and I'm sure that that will, you know, certainly be shining for the next year or two and everybody be interested to see them. But in a few years' time, as I think you'll find Edward VIII and Wally Simpson found, you know, about a decade into it, they didn't really become the, the number one on the guest list. It was like an ex-king, and this will be the ex-prince, you know. I, I think that they probably made a mistake when they could have probably used their uh, position to get to get what they wanted anyway in, in a slightly different way. And that's the leader. Please subscribe to your podcast provider and give us a rating too. Five stars would be nice. We're back tomorrow at 4pm.